0: Microsoft Story Classic, bringing to you recordings of old storybooks. Ethel, Episode 3. The Elton brothers lived in adjoining houses, large, handsome, and with more extensive grounds than are usually connected with a city residence. A low hedge separated those of the one from the other, and a gate in that gave to each house free access to both, which, by the way, was a convenience more esteemed by the brothers and their children than by the wives and mothers, who had few interests in common. Mrs. George Eldon, occupying herself almost exclusively with home-cares, economies, and outside charities, while her sister-in-law was a butterfly of fashion, considering herself a martyr to social duties, and leaving the care of house, children, and her husband's comfort to those who could be hired to attend to them. As a natural consequence, each secretly despised and avoided the other. When the brothers parted at the wharf that day, the elder one went immediately to his place of business, where he found his wife waiting to speak with him in his private counting room. "'Ah,' she said, as he entered, "'I am glad you have come at last, for I have been waiting here for at least a full hour. Where on earth have you been?' outseeing to some very important business a matter demanding immediate attention he replied somewhat coldly something which your wife is not to know about i presume i have not said so nor have i the least intention to keep it secret from you let me read you this unfolding a letter as he spoke it was the one he had just received from england telling of the decease of captain and mrs eldon and the sending of their children to america She listened in almost breathless surprise. "'You have hardly mentioned that brother for years, and I had almost forgotten his existence,' she remarked as he refolded the letter and laid it aside. "'Too true,' he responded with a heavy sigh, "'and my heart reproaches me for my neglect. Poor Harry! If he had left that climate sooner, he might perhaps have lived to be an old man, lived to support and bring up his children himself.' "'but now all that I can do is to help in that work.' "'As if you hadn't family enough of your own,' she exclaimed indignantly. "'I have two, my brother Albert six, "'and I have quite as large an income as he, "'and a wife that doesn't spend the half that his does,' she added, "'drawing herself up with dignity. "'Quite true, and therefore I should take certainly not less than half the burden "'of providing for Harry's helpless little ones.' no doubt you will do your fair share she said coldly and your wife will be expected to do more than hers in the way of seeing that the children are trained and taught fed and clothed things that such a butterfly fashion as mrs albert does not trouble her head about for her own offspring and certainly would not for others "'Well, my dear, fortunately for us we will not be called upon to give an account for her sins of omission or, or commission. "'But I have heard you say, certainly more than once or twice, "'that you consider it a duty to care for the poor with purse, time, and effort, "'and surely relationship to your husband should not be looked upon as a bar to such ministrations on the part of his wife.' "'My brother, I am happy to say, is more than willing to do his full share, and I certainly do not want him to do more.' He was magnanimous enough not to mention her orphan niece, whom he was supporting and educating, and she had the grace to feel somewhat ashamed of her display of unwillingness to do a little for his fatherless and motherless nephew and nieces, but she did not condescend to say so much in words. "'Well, how soon are we to expect them?' she asked." They are already here, he replied, and the errand from which I have just returned was to the vessel that brought them. Albert proposes to keep the whole four for a few days till they have had time to become somewhat acquainted with us, and parted with the good woman, the wife of a soldier in Canada, who had charge of them on the voyage, and after that we propose to make a division, each taking two, our wives, of course, having a vote as to which two each of them may prefer to take. "'and they have been already sent up to your brothers, I suppose. "'I wonder how Augusta likes it. "'Surely she can hardly be without some feeling of compassion "'for the sorely bereaved little ones,' he returned with emotion. "'They are to be pitied,' she said, her voice softening somewhat. "'Well, I came for a little money to spend in doing good, "'helping some of the unfortunates in our midst. "'Can you spare it?' "'Certainly,' he replied, opening his purse "'and handing her a small row of banknotes.' "'Thank you,' she said. "'I'll see to it that your bounty is not wasted.' "'I'm sure of it, Sarah. I never knew you to be wasteful.' She smiled at that, understanding it as a well-deserved compliment, then took a hasty leave as she perceived that someone was at the door seeking an interview with Mr. Eldon. Well, it's a bad business, she sighed to herself as she hurried along the street, as if it was not enough to be plagued with my own brother's children. I must have his, too. And really, there's no necessity for it. It would be a charity to pay somebody to take charge of the four, saving them the trial of being separated and helping the caretaker to make a living decidedly I think it is a brilliant idea, and that I shall have no difficulty in persuading Augusta to join me in insisting upon having it carried out. Mrs. Augusta was in her dressing room just completing her dinner toilet, when to her intense surprise a tap at her door was followed by the entrance of her sister-in-law. "'Ah, you had no idea it was I coming upon you so unceremoniously,' remarked the caller with a grim snout, and seating herself without waiting to be invited. "'But I came to have a bit of chat with you about this invasion of our homes by uninvited young guests. I, for one, see no reason why we should be expected to take charge of them, our husbands being amply able to pay someone else to do so, someone who may be glad to add in that way to a meager income. Why, Sarah, that's a brilliant idea, if only such a person, one whom George and Albert would be willing to trust, can be found, exclaimed Mrs. Augusta, her eyes sparkling with pleasure. Have you any one in mind? Yes, I have thought of that poor Irish curate, coot, who is so continually applying for help, wasteful creatures he and his wife must be to need it so often, with never a chick or child of their own to support. I should think so, and I can't bear him, red-headed, pompous, dictatorial, domineering creature that he is. He should never have charge of a child of mine. Well, don't, I beg of you, be silly enough to say that to your husband or mine. Of course not. If they can't see for themselves, why should you or I enlighten them? Still I do feel a little sorry at the thought of giving him a chance to domineer over those poor little orphans. "'Let them behave themselves, and they will do fairly well, I have no doubt,' returned Mrs. Sarah with a frown. "'They must be taught to expect to support themselves from the time they can be made capable of doing so, "'and lessons in self-control and the endurance of some hardship will be a decided benefit to them. "'So we will endeavor to believe at all events,' laughed Mrs. Augusta. Then they consulted together as to the best plan for approaching their husbands on the subject and decided that their wisest course would be to say nothing at present but wait till some trouble between the newcomers and their own children should so annoy the gentlemen that they would be ready to purchase peace at almost any price. Thank you for listening to another episode of Soft Story Classic.